Thank you for joining Sumter Chapel's weekly podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and speaks life to your spirit. As always, we pray that this podcast will further God's kingdom by seeing one more made new. Now, let's get started with today's message. And hope is just hard to come by in our culture today. If you, if you look around what's being offered to us or sold to us by our culture, what's being um, given to us as this is how life should be lived, this is what makes life meaningful, all of that sort of thing. Hope is really difficult to come by. There's not a lot of hope. And this is why we see the stark reality of like, the suicide rate in the youngest generation as the highest it's ever been. Because there's this hopelessness, there's this hopelessness in, in our culture. For whatever reason, there can be everything in front of someone, like they have their whole life to live, and yet they feel hopeless. They don't feel like they have anything to look forward to. And so without hope, we really lose a sense of direction, and we really lose a meaningfulness to life. Hope becomes central to someone's ability to persevere and to really just generally live life. If you go into areas of the world that might be the most difficult on the outside looking in, like war-torn areas or really highly impoverished areas, what you'll see is what keeps them going are not the external things, but it's this inward like hope that, that something's going to break through and, and change their circumstances, that somehow something's going to break through and change things. And there's this inward hope not a like good wish i think we have a lot of well wishing that happens in our culture like oh i wish this would happen or i wish something well for you but but not a deep-seated hope and it's not a like making something happen that's not what hope is it's not like i'm gonna bunker down and just make something happen i'm gonna make something of myself right we hear that a lot in our culture today that's not it either that's one, one is really a flimsy version of hope, and the other is really no hope at all. But hope is, is really the expectation of a yet-realized future. It, it is a full-on expectation that there is something that's going to occur in the future, and, and I just haven't realized it yet, or we collectively just have not realized it yet. But it's a genuine belief that this is going to happen. I mean, that's what hope is. It's not a wavering of well, maybe, well, I, I wish. We use the word I hope. I hope this will happen. But the way we use it is a wish. I wish this would happen. We really don't mean it as hope when we say that a lot of the times. Hope is, is an expectant thing. And that's why as we've been looking in this in this month of December, as we were looking to, to talk about an Advent series, we used the word anticipate for the teachings of this month. Because this anticipation, anticipating Christ showing up in the world in general, but Christ showing up in our lives, that's what establishes hope. The anticipation that God can actually break into humanity and show up in a very real way in people's lives, 
that's what produces hope. That's what produces hope. If there is no chance that something can change when I'm in a situation that needs changing, then I have no hope. If there's no chance of it changing, then I have no hope. But if there is a chance, if that chance exists, and for humanity, that chance is God, God, creator God, showing up in the flesh. That is what brings hope to humanity that has no hope. The hopelessness and the sense of hopelessness is just felt in every spectrum of life today. And you see it especially in the political realm. Just the, the fighting comes from a sense of a need for control because people don't really actually have hope that things will work out. <laughs> like the, 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 the conversation around climate change is one of my favorites to listen into because there's a stark sense of hopelessness in that conversation. Uh, you hear it all the time. Like, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, a news story broke that like half the children of the world will die in the next 20 years if we don't change what we're doing with climate. I mean, that's a stark sense of hopelessness that, that we just, there's nothing we can do that this is going to happen. And, and that's a sad place to be, really. But there are times in your life where you've likely felt hopeless around a situation going on. And there are certainly tons of people in our culture today that feel this sense of hopelessness and what God, uh, the God of Scripture, has to offer us today was the same thing he had to offer his people when these scriptures were written, which was an anticipation of him breaking into their situation that would then cause them to have hope in the midst of a very hopeless situation. We should be anticipating the same sort of work that God longs to do has done previously and still longs to do in our lives by stepping into our situations and showing up in a very real way. So in Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16, you've heard it once, I'm going to read it again though, because hopefully you've been able, if you've been reading along with us in our reading plan, hopefully you've read it a couple times this week, but it's good to hear it multiple times. What God had to say to his people through the prophet Jeremiah about what he had promised them, about a hope that was to come. Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16, this is what it says. The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things I have promised them. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name, the descendant's name. The Lord is our righteousness. Let's pray. Father, as we hear your word, and as we, as we meditate and reflect and think about your desire to show up in the midst of humanity, to, to break into humanity's hopelessness and provide hope. We long for you to do the same thing in our lives, in the places where we might feel hopeless. 
or in the community and in this culture and in our country in the places where people think there is no hope. We long for you to show up, and so we pray with expectancy. We anticipate your showing up in those situations, in these dark places in our world, that you would break in, be a light of hope, and show people how much you love them and how much you desire a relationship with them, and that you would show up in our hopelessness and remind us of your love. We are thankful for the celebration of your, of your sons coming to this earth and how it reminds us, how it reminds us that he will come again. And ultimately, nothing on this earth that has come against us or has come against your people will stand and that you will reign eternally. So we thank you for that promise, that yet realized hope, and we long to see the day where you reign and where your love reigns and where the darkness of this earth is overcome by the light. And so do that in our lives right now in this season and then do that through us in the community around us. Break into this world and show the light of hope to those who are hopeless. It's in the name of Jesus we pray all things. Amen. So think about the anticipation of the people of Israel for their Messiah. This will maybe help you think about it. They were enslaved when this passage was written to the Babylonians, and they would be enslaved before the Messiah showed up. And even then they would miss the Messiah showing up. But think about hoping for a Messiah, for a Savior, for 400 years. Think about that. Our, our country has not been around for 400 years, right? Our, our society, as we see it existing, has not been around for 400 years. I mean, I don't think we've even hit, I'm not a great historian, but I don't think we've hit, have we hit the 400-year mark where even we traditionally celebrate the pilgrims showing up? Have we hit that yet? I don't think we've even hit that. Right? When, when was that? 16 what? 20. So it's this year. Okay. So the year, this year coming up, we will celebrate what we generally celebrate as the first colonialist showing up. Right? So... So the beginnings of some sort of America that we see it as we see today. That's wild. 400 years, a people called Israel, the Hebrews, were enslaved. Were either brutally enslaved, like the Babylonians enslaved them, or even with the Romans, it wasn't as brutal, but it was slavery nonetheless. Most of it economic slavery, but it was still slavery, and they could force the Israelites to do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted. The Romans could. Uh, so one of the teachings of Jesus, right, is if someone forces you to carry their stuff for a mile, carry it a second mile, and it was meant to teach, you know, the extravagant love that you should have for someone else. The, that was a real situation. A Roman could force a Jew to carry their stuff for them if they wanted. A, a Roman by birth could look at a Jew and say, hey, you carry my stuff down this road while I walk. And they would have to. It was a part of the social agreement, <laughs> the slavery in a sense. And so Israel 
400 years longing for a Savior. Think about that sort of hope, that sort of anticipation, that sort of deep-seated belief that we haven't seen God come through yet, but we believe He will. The generations that passed, the, the passing down of that hope to the next generation and the next generation, could you imagine the struggle, the sense of hopelessness at times that I'm sure they went through? And yet, that this prophecy would be passed down through the generations, this hope for a Savior who would break into their situation and rescue them and save them, this promise that God makes. Did you, did you hear these words that were a promise? They weren't a maybe, but they were a, the day will come, says the Lord. In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. I mean, these were words of definiteness. Not, not and I hate to say hopefulness, because that's how we use it as Americans. It's not words of hopefulness, how we use that as Americans. Not biblical hope, but this wishful thinking. Maybe it'll happen. Man, I, I sure wish God would. No, these were words of definiteness, of hope. This will happen. And it's, these, it's this belief in a deep-seated hope. It's this faith in a God that will break through, that changes us individually, but then that changes us collectively. I think one of the, like, still in the consciousness of America is the civil rights movement. I think it's still in our consciousness like, it's, we, it's still a lived thing. So we, we can't necessarily, like, slavery and maybe the emancipation and all of that, that's not a part of our consciousness anymore, right? We learn about it and we read about it. We might can go there mentally and emotionally, but that's not a part. But the civil rights movement is still a part of our consciousness, right? It's, it's still going on to a certain degree. But Dr. King and the civil rights leaders that were most effective in changing culture lived with a sense of hope that, this, the, that these things were going to change. Right? It, wa it wasn't a sense of wishful thinking. There was a sense of hope that our society is going to change. And we're going to be a part of the conversation of making that happen. We're going to be a part of the actions that will force change but but we're we're going to see this change happen it wasn't a sense of wishful thinking for the leaders of that movement it was a sense of expectation a sense of anticipation not of if it was going to happen but when was it going to happen and there was a deep-seated hope that sprung out of an entire group of people in our country that something was going to change. And that's the in, entire basis for his I Have a Dream speech, the most famous of all of the public speeches he gives, right? The I Have a Dream speech is not wishful thinking. It's an anticipatory hope. That this is what it will be like one day. People will look up and look around them, and this is what America will look like. 
And he, he gave a vision of hope for a future that didn't look like the present. And that's what we're reading here in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah, we get God speaking to his people through a prophet saying this is what it will look like one day. Not wishful thinking, but a definiteness of a promise that produced hope. Now, we know by reading the story of Jesus coming to earth that the Israelites, in majority part, missed what God was trying to tell them as far as what he was going to accomplish through the Messiah the first time around. Right? They were looking for a, an external freeing from the slavery of Rome, and what God was promising was a spiritual, eternal freeing of the slavery from sin that they were experiencing. They may have missed that, but God didn't miss what he was promising and following through on. And those that then would, as Jesus would say, have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, began to finally see and actually hear the Messiah saying, I, I am here. I am the Messiah. I came as the fulfillment of all of the 400 years of waiting and hoping. Don't you see that I am God breaking in to humanity to bring what I had promised I would fulfill. Hope is different than just wishful thinking, and it's different than this kind of American pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, I'm going to make something happen mentality. Hope is I know what God wants to do in my life, through my life, I just haven't realized it yet, but I will stay the course because I know it's coming. It's not produced by my own effort, though my actions are involved, and it's not just wishful thinking. There's a definiteness to it. In, in my own life, the most, the most current version of a realized hope, right, of an unrealized hope that then became realized, is the community of believers that exists today called Sumter Chapel. God sent us to Americas. We began the process over a year and a half ago of praying about, okay, God, why would you send us 30 minutes down the road to a town just like the one we're in to do the work we're already doing in the town we're doing it in. What, what is it or that you're saying, right? That whole process of what are you doing, God? What, 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 are you, what are you wanting to accomplish? What does this look like for us to move somewhere and, be, and become missionaries to a different city? Right? What, what are you doing? What would this look like one day? And the dreaming of that the envisioning of that, the, what God seemed to be setting deep into our hearts of what we longed to see God do in America as we began exploring it, that became a hope of what we longed to see. And it was a year ago tomorrow that we were in this facility, and it looked nothing like this, when one of our supporting churches came over and prayed over 
those of us that were gathered, which was like five of us, yeah, yeah five of us, and then some others that at that point kind of knew who we were, which was only about five or six people. And there were about 20 of us gathered in here. Most of all of them were from the supporting church <laughs> that were here to pray for what we were praying for. Okay, God, we feel like you've called us to envision this. We believe you're going to make it happen. We're praying in expectation and hope. And, and so the, the, in our lives, the most recent practical example is to see God actually bringing together in his timing a community of believers that is growingly diverse. That was something we prayed for. Okay, God, could you make this an example to our community that faith does not have to divide us based on racial heritage? That was diverse in socioeconomic sense as well, and we've seen that. And we've begun to see deep relationships form as well. Only the beginnings of it. There's more to come. Right? We haven't fully realized a, a, grand, a grander hope, but we have realized this hope of God forming a community of believers that long to see God break in to this community in a fresh and a new way. It, it's not that we believed we were somehow doing something that was more unique than anyone else, right? we did know that God was calling us to something specific in our own way. And so what is that in your life for this season? This season of Advent and Christmas, but this season going into next year. What in your life is God creating in you a sense of hope for? Maybe it's out of a sense of hopelessness. Maybe you can ident identify an area of your life right now or an area in your family or this community and God will develop a sense of hope in you for that hopelessness, that he will come through, that he will show up in that situation. Maybe that's how it happens. Maybe it's not out of a sense of hopelessness. Maybe it's just out of a sense of you know that this needs to happen, whatever this is in your life, in your family, in this community. And you're saying, okay, God, I'm standing on who you are, that you're a consistent God, that you're a faithful God, and that you show up in the midst of dark situations. And so, so this is what we're leaning into. This is what I'm leaning into. I'm going to pray into and lean into you, God, and what you want to do. Not necessarily my dreams for it, not my expectations for it, not, you know, not my plans for it, but your plans for it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on being faithful to you as you accomplish this thing. This thing in my life, this thing in my family, this thing in this community. What, whatever that is for you this morning, the challenge of the Word of God for us is to, is to have a deep sense of hope in the midst of that thing for you.